Thanks for joining us online today. We're really glad you're with us. Yeah, Core Church is a place of hope, healing, peace, and purpose. And we want you to come see us at 10 a.m. any Sunday. And if we can be of any support to you, we'd love to connect with you. There's lots of links in the description below, whether that's prayer or support in any way. We pray that this message is going to both encourage you and inspire you. Go to Mark chapter 1. That's where we're going to be today. Mark chapter 1. If you, if you don't have a Bible, version and Bible app are two great apps that I would recommend for you. And version is where you'll find our daily devotion. We have a devotion that goes right along with um, the message each week that we all kind of do together. Our, our word for 2022 is inconvenient faith. That convenient Christianity is the enemy of your soul. There's, there's nothing convenient about following Jesus. And, and the enemy wants to get you off track where you're where you're off doing other things that are just easier. Nothing worth having is easy. It's difficult. Come on, can I get an amen from all of the women in here today? Yeah, like, yeah, tell me about having a man in my life. That is some work right there. This word that we have, and so it, it, what happens is the enemy wants you to become passive in your faith. He didn't want you here. Like, we meet here every week for a reason, you know? Like we're here every week and we're here every week because all of us should be in the house every week. Like that's just a practice. It's one of our core practices. We have eight of them. We have eight core practices and one of them is Sunday worship. And, and what I found is, is that it's inconvenient to be here, is it not? Like how many other things have you got? How many things can you sign up for? How many things are asking for your time and your attention and reasonings on why you can't be in the house every week, right? Oh, come on now, come on, this is church. Under your breath, just go, amen, that's so right. He's preaching up in here. It's not easy to get to, and I'm God preach, and I don't want to be here. I had a deer in my backyard today. I wanted to just go sit out there. I had, I had my coffee, my Ethiopian coffee that my nephew roasted for me, and I thought, just go sit out there. Just go sit out there. I could show up at like 1030. They'll never know I was not there. But it's not easy. If anybody got kids, it's not easy. Amen. <laughs> you ain't even got energy, moms and dads, especially you the toddlers. I can't even get amen out. I'm so tired. It's just not easy. Um, but man, when you fight for that in your life, there's nothing better. When you have this passion for Jesus and this fire, but you got to keep stoking that fire. You got to keep stoking it. And these eight practices will help us to do that, but we call them our, this year, we're calling them our eight inconvenient practices. And so we've been working through these, and right now we're on the core practice of inconvenient sharing. Inconvenient sharing. All, all of these, by the way, uh, for this series come out of Galatians chapter 5 and the fruit of the Spirit. So each week we're looking at the fruit of the Spirit. What does it mean to share your faith? It's these things right here uh, uh, from Galatians chapter 5. The Holy Spirit produces what kind of fruit in our life? Say it with me. What? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Last week, Pastor Buddy did an incredible job talking about faithfulness. Good job, man. Buddy needs love. Anybody who knows Buddy knows he needs love. Come on. Did he not do a great job? 
he's doubting now. Maybe I didn't do so good. I do wrong. I know, buddy. He's like, right. I'm, he's not going to hear what I'm preaching today. He's just going to be going, what did I do wrong? What did I say wrong? Nobody clapped. Why did they not like what I did? <laughs> His message, buddy, your message just stuck with me all week. I want all week long. I was like, I've got to create an environment of genuine faithfulness. Oh, it was so powerful for me to think through that. And so today we're going to, we're going to talk about this word called gentleness and uh, so, it, and by the way, on your seats are some uh, prayer cards with the fruit of the Spirit. I encourage you to take those with you, pray those over your life. There's, there's nine of them, and it takes you less than 15 seconds to do it each day, but just start saying it every day. Take an invite card, because that's what this series is about. It's about sharing Christ. And, and by the way, we've made sharing way too difficult, have we not? We've been talking about that during this series. It's, well, I don't know what we're doing, but it's like it's so hard. We're like, I can't do it. Anybody feel like... It's really, raise your hand. This is what Buddy did last week. He had us raise our hand. How many of you say, it's difficult for me to share my faith? Raise your hand. Okay, now this is the funny, look around, look around. What's funny about that is some of you are like, I can't even raise my hand. It's so difficult. It's just difficult for me to raise my hand. Let alone talk about Jesus. But I, I, we made it too difficult. Here at Core Church, if you're new, we keep it super simple. Intercede, invest, inform. That's all you got to remember. Intercede, invest, inform. Just start praying for people. Even better, pray for people by name. Get to know people, start praying for them by name, and then, and then just start doing good in their life. And then when the opportunity presents itself, share the hope that you have in Jesus. Share the healing that he did in you. Maybe it's a scripture, maybe it's praying for them. Maybe there's a story where they're telling you about brokenness in their life, and you're like, oh man, this is exactly what God did in my life. And you'll have an opportunity to share with them. But we flip it around, and we feel like I've gotta start with telling them about Jesus. Don't do that. Come on, turn to somebody and say, don't do that. Now, I'm not saying that there's not going to be opportunities where that happens, but <laughs> I think I just told everybody, don't, don't tell anybody about Jesus. I think I just said that in church. Uh, you know what I mean, though. Like, but you, you, you don't start there. I'm just going to start praying. And then, and then look for opportunities. When you pray, by the way, when you pray, God's going to show you opportunities to do good. And he's also gonna show you times when you're not obedient on it. It just happened to me today. I was, I was praying through a, one of my practices and we have Lord's Prayer guides out there in the lobby if you ever wanna use those. But one of my practices is, is to play, pray repentance every day. And um, I was praying this morning and I was going back over my day and I was pretty much by myself and uh, this morning, but the, all day yesterday. And I was like, man, God, I, what do I need to repent of? And I'm working it, I'm thinking through it. And is there anything God at all? And and then he showed me something I, I missed. He said, Brad, I, I sent your neighbor out in the front yard. I sent him out to you. And you looked at him and you said, man, I'm just so busy. I've got so much to do. It's like 105 degrees out here. Nobody wants to be out here. I got to get this stuff done. I got to get in. I'm going to get overheated. He's got his stuff he's doing. And I turned and walked away. And God said, I sent him to you. God sends you people. He will send you people all the time. And when he does, just be obedient by just talking to him. And then when the opportunity presents itself and you'll know, God will tell you what to say. Book of Luke says that and don't worry about what to say. Holy Spirit will tell you what to say. Okay? Come on, turn to somebody and tell them, don't worry about what to say. Holy Spirit is going to tell you what to say. Okay? Yeah. Or 
Or when you come to church, when you come to core church, you know, if you don't know what to say, Pastor Brad's going to tell you what to say to the person next to you. It works that way too. All right, uh, Mark chapter 1. Let's go to Mark 1. I read out of the New Living Translation. Go to uh, verse 40. So if you're new to church, Mark is, was not one of the disciples, um, but most scholars believe that he was a companion of Peter and wrote down the stories that Peter told to him. And this is one of the stories of Jesus in verse 40 of Mark 1. A man with leprosy came and he knelt in front of Jesus begging to be healed. If you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean, he said. Moved with compassion, Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed. That's for somebody today. You're, you're thinking through like, this is my life. This, I don't even know if I should be in church. If, I've been in church a long time and if, nobody knows what I'm doing. Ugh, nobody knew if they knew what I was doing. My family knew what I was doing. Ah. And what Jesus says to you today is, I am willing to heal you. I am willing to heal you. All you got to do is ask. Instantly, the leprosy disappeared and the man was healed. Let's talk about sharing gentleness. Father, thank you for your spirit that's in this room. And thank you, God, for all that you're doing in this church. This is a great church. We give you honor and praise for this body and the work that you're doing in each of us. So now, Holy Spirit, speak to us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you can be seated. Okay, if we're going to talk about gentleness today, we, we got to up front be honest that... Uh, Maintaining a gentle spirit, not always easy with people, right? Can I get an amen from the parents? Yeah, yeah, you got a teenager or you got a toddler and they're doing that eye roll at you. They're doing that ah thing at you. You're like, and you just, just want to go back to high school and bow up on them. You, you know, you're like, okay, okay, okay. So, okay, let's talk to the middle schoolers and the high schoolers. Come on, when your parents are going, doing this to you, do you? You're like, it is a little tough right now to be gentle when, oh, we're going to sit down. You're going to do that lecture thing. Oh, this is going to be great. I'm excited, Dad. This is great. Can you just keep jabbering on and on and on? And you're like, I don't know if I can maintain that, gener that uh, gentle, gentle spirit. Sometimes it's that obnoxious coworker. Anybody got an obnoxious coworker? Like they come in and they know everything, don't they? They know how to fix everything. They've done, they've always, they've done everything, haven't they? They can fix anything, do anything, and they got a story. If you tell them one word comes out of your mouth, they got a story for it, don't you? And you, you see them coming and you're like, it's tough to have a gentle spirit. How about an obnoxious family member? Not currently living in your home, I hope. None of them in my home. None of them in my home. And Mary... Mom, you, you're amazing. Are you even better? You're awesome. Sometimes as a preacher, you have to step off. You have to clarify things because you got to live with people. I don't have to live with you all, but I have to live with them. I mean, <laughs> sometimes you have that family member and you're like, man, thank God it's July and it's not December and we're getting together for Christmas because any kind of political thing or any kind of law thing, any kind of this thing, that thing comes up, something about the news and they're going to just go off. And you're just like, oh, you, they come in the room. You're like, Uncle Carl's here. Oh, great. Great. I'm sorry if you're an Uncle Carl, if that's you. <laughs> Try to pick a name of somebody that's not named Carl. 
or, or sometimes it's just uh, some random person that's just being a jerk. You know, I, I, was, I was on the BA and I, and I was headed to a coffee shop because uh, I love coffee shops and, and, and I'm headed that way and, and um, I'm in the passing lane and I'm going slightly over the speed limit, uh, but I'm passing people and this, some little guy comes up behind me in a white charger. I'm like, I can hear you. I can hear you, buddy. I can see you. And you ever feel like you just kind of like, oh man, you just feel them right up on you. I'm like, I'm passing, I'm gonna, and, and I'm, I, I can't get over quick enough. He goes over into the emergency lane. And in that moment, I'm just like, yeah. It is not easy to have a, a gentle spirit. When I was a, when I was a kid, um, my, I loved going to my, my grandma's house. Buddy was talking about grandmas and last week, and I, I've been thinking about my grandma Edna all week long, and she was amazing. And she lived in the same town, and I remember when I was a little boy, and, and we'd get in the car, and we're going to grandma's house. And I remember pulling down that long street, pulling down Highland Avenue, and, and we'd go down, and we'd pull up in the driveway, and it was a long driveway all the way back to a separate garage back in the day when they had separate garages. And I'd jump out of the car because I loved grandma, and I would run in. I'd go through the laundry room and then into the kitchen. That's where grandma Edna would be, and I'd see her, and I'd give her a big hug. Love you, grandma. And I would go running through the through the family room where there would be my grandpa Pete sitting on that old brown burlap couch and, and we'd go walk, running down the hall and I'd go around the corner to the back room because in that back room was this magical cabinet. And when you opened up this cabinet, I just remember the, the handles being way up here. Like not literally nine feet off the ground, but like I remember reaching up and I remember opening them and it was like, oh. it was like a toy land. Every toy you could ever imagine was in this cabinet. And they were the old school toys, like toys I didn't understand what they were, but they were so cool, like jacks. <laughs> Some of y'all, you, if you're laughing, you're old, okay. I mean, and these, I think, belonged to my mom and my aunt when they were little girls, because you take, it was the original jacks with the original ball, and you'd bounce it and it'd go, poof, it just implode. And she had Lincoln Logs? Etch-a-Sketch. She had an Etch-a-Sketch. Oh, my goodness. I could sit with that Etch-a-Sketch and draw and everything. You ever been drawn on that Etch-a-Sketch and one of your brother or sister bumps you? You're like, like, I have been working on this. But she had one thing that really mesmerized me, and that was a, a kaleidoscope. Anybody remember? How many of you remember kaleidoscopes? Let me see your hands. Oh, okay, good. Uh, so at least you've seen Toy Story. So that's how you know. <laughs> I was mesmerized by the kaleidoscope because you would, you would hold it up like this and you'd look into it. And when you turn, it's, oh, let's get some good light. There's, you, you had to hold it up to the light, right? And you'd look and every time you turn it, ooh, it would be a new shape. Like this one's like a diamond with a rose in the middle of it. Turn it like this. This one looks like a, oh, this one looks like a palace. A palace with the, what's this one? Oh, did, do you not hate it when you turn it too much and the beautiful shape just pops and you try, you ever try to go backwards? You try to go back? Like it does it, you can't go back on it. But no matter where you turn it, it's just like this. Oh, this one here looks like a star. It's a yellow star and imagine like the, the galaxy wrapped in red. This, wow. 
kind of forgot I was at church. I'm sorry. I was still having a, <laughs> having a moment. It's like, oh, yeah, we got church today. These things were so great, and they were, they were made up of, kaleidoscopes were made up of, back in the day, they were made up of broken glass. Now it's, it's got to be plastic because we don't want children to get harmed. That's another sermon for another day. But I, I, I loved this, this kaleidoscope because you held it up to the light, and it just was so crazy how the beautiful shapes and things that you would see. I, I really believe this is how... Jesus sees humanity. I think Jesus sees all the brokenness. He sees the flaws. He sees the chaos and he sees the confusion. But in his gentle hand and against his light, he sees the potential for the broken to be made beautiful. So that begs the question, how do you see people? How do you see humanity right now? Do, do, I know for me, so often I, I, um, I see nothing but brokenness and I don't see any beauty. And, 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 and then I get angry. I, 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 I'm angry and I'm frustrated and I'm frankly at times res, just getting resentful or bitter towards humanity and I don't see the, the power of the brokenness to be made beautiful. But here's the interesting thing. When you, when you, when you hold people gently and, and you hold them up against the light of Christ, you begin to see the potential for the broken to be made beautiful. You, you begin to see people in a whole new light. I'd like for you to write this down. This is uh, where we're gonna go for the next few minutes. A gentle spirit, a gentle spirit can heal a broken spirit. A gentle spirit can heal a broken spirit. So how do you develop a gentle spirit? And, and once you've developed it, here's the big question, how do you maintain a gentle spirit towards certain people? I think Jesus in this story helps us and he shows us how to do it. Let's go back to the scripture in verse 40. It says, a man with leprosy came out and knelt in front of Jesus and he was what, say it with me, begging to be healed. If you are willing, you can heal me. You can, you can make me clean. Now, this is a bold move. My buddy Rusty, who was here a few weeks ago, talked about the lepers, and, and this is huge. This is bold. You don't do this because leprosy in the day was incurable. It was also thought to be highly contagious, so you weren't supposed to be around anyone, and so the culture would push you away. Like they, they would shun you. You're not, don't come near me, don't come around me, push them away, even putting them into leper colonies, separated from everyone for the fear of what could happen. And you know what we're gonna do? We're just gonna cast you out of society. There's no hope for you. 
I'm talking a lot about coffee today. I, I just, I do. I love coffee. And we went to Guatemala, Laura and I, a few weeks ago. And Guatemala is known for their coffee. And my brother-in-law is a missionary there. And he said, Brad, I'm going to take you to a town where they have coffee shops on every street, several on every street. And I was so excited. So we went. And as we began to walk the streets of this town called Antigua, it had cobblestone streets and high walls. Very few windows and only doorways. Frankly, it wasn't very attractive. It, it was just, you were tight in tight, short, small sidewalks, high walls. And I'm, but when you would walk by these walls, there would be these doors. And when you'd look in the door, there were these unbelievably beautiful courtyards. I mean, breathtakingly beautiful. And I found one of them, there was a coffee shop, and I went to this coffee shop, and I got up early, and I went and took my Bible with me, and I was like, I got to go to this coffee shop. And I took a picture, because I want you to kind of see what it looks like. This is the coffee shop where I was. This is just a snapshot. It's beautiful. Like, you got this beautiful fountain. There were plants everywhere. I did not post that on Instagram, for some of you that are wondering, you know, hashtag time with Jesus. Just got to let the world know, spending time with Jesus. No, I, but I, I actually sent that to our staff, though, <laughs> and I sent the message, suffering for Jesus. That's what I told them, I was suffering for Jesus. But when I was sitting in this coffee shop, uh, I learned that it was uh, originally owned by a count, the, the guy who was the governor of that area, and about 500 years ago, he was in charge of everything, and I, and I was sitting there thinking, oh my gosh, this is where he sat with his friends and his family and, and entertained people, and it was just so beautiful, and, and, and then I thought, oh, that's kind of weird, like he sat inside here to, whoa. I don't know who that was for, but Jesus is trying to talk to you right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so either a power surge or the move of the Holy Spirit. I'm not sure. You just take it for what you want. So I'm sitting in um, this coffee shop, and I'm thinking about this, this count, and I'm, and I'm looking at, out, out, outside, and I thought, wow. He, he built this to keep people out. And it, and it just made me think of this story. And the lepers, how they built things to keep people out. And I'm wondering, who is it that you want to keep out of your life? Who, who are the lepers in your life? Who are the people that you build walls and say, no, 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 I, I don't want them around me? Now, let me clarify something, and I need everyone to listen to this, because this, otherwise you're going to miss the whole message. This is so important. I am not talking about narcissistic, toxic people who bully you. That's not what I'm talking about. You need walls. Even Jesus, we'll talk about that here in a moment, even Jesus had walls and created distance from people who were bullies and narcissistic and toxic. That's not what I'm talking about. I, what I'm talking about is, you know, that group of people. You don't like them. They start talking. They start walking. You see them, that what they're doing, the way they display themselves, the things that they do, and you're like, and just anger gets up in you, resentment, bitterness, all these things start coming up in you, and you're like, I see them, and I don't want to, maybe it's, maybe it's political, maybe it's when you find out somebody didn't vote the way you voted, or doesn't vote the way you vote, and November's coming up, and you're like, they're a friend, and then suddenly you find out, wait, you, you voted for, for him, or her? Uh, no, I'm, I'm out, I, that's not who I, I, I can be, be around that person. Maybe it's, 
Maybe it's just somebody who's making poor choices. Maybe it's a, a family member or a friend and they're just doing stupid. You know what I mean? That you know what, the, it just over and over and you, you talk to them, you try to do things, you try to help them and they're just, and over and over again and finally you're just so resentful, you're so angry, you're like, I can't even pray for them anymore. In fact, the prayer I'm having for them right now is, God, strike them dead, just send them to hell. That's real preaching right there. Some of y'all, that's a weird place to be. But you can get that way with people where you're like, just go to hell. I really don't care anymore. But Jesus is is, is radically different here. Because when we build walls, (laughs) we can't hear people and we can't see them. That means we become blind and we become deaf to the cries of this world. We don't hear the brokenness deep inside their soul. See, in this story, everybody saw a leper, and they wanted to push him away. You need to get, you need to go. But Jesus, Jesus saw beyond his brokenness and saw into his soul, and instead, Jesus decided to lean in. Are you willing to to lean in? What what does it mean to, to lean in? Let's look at verse 41. It says this about Jesus. In verse 41, he was, he was moved with what? He was moved with compassion. And then Jesus reached out and he did what? He touched the guy. Now think about this for the moment. The scripture does not tell us this, but what was this guy's reaction in that moment? Surely he pulled back like, whoa, 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 whoa. You're, you're not supposed to touch me. He must have been some shock or something because Jesus is, you're not supposed to be doing that because in his mind, I mean, he expected rejection. If if nothing else, Jesus was a rabbi. He expected some kind of swift rebuke of some sort to tell him, you're not supposed to be doing this. But instead, Jesus responds with this gentle touch. People are caught off guard by a gentle and compassionate spirit. It totally disarms them. It catches them off guard because their walls go up and they're ready to be defensive and they're expecting you to reject them. They're expecting resentment. They're expecting you to push them away. I think to reach people, we've got to move from let me tell you to tell me more. I, I, um, I've got some mad parenting skills. I'm just going to be real in here. I mean, I am a great dad. My kids will attest to that. They will tell you open. Well, they won't tell you openly, but the, but they subtly say it. Like I've gotten a number one dad mug every father's day for like 17 years. Come on. I rest my case. Number one with a bullet. Okay. I mean, I just, and, and I think, I think the reason being is because of my great parenting skills. So if you are not yet a parent or you are a parent of a young child, you might want to scribble this down because I'm about to bust some knowledge on you right now. It's going to help you as a parent. Let me tell you has been one of my greatest parenting strengths. My kids loved it. I mean, they'd be like, blah, 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 blah. And I'd be like, oh, let me tell you. By the way, you can also add Mr. or Missy. Those are two you can interchangeable on that. Throw in a pointed finger if you want. Raise the vocal tone and maybe bring it up an octave. They open like a flower. I think today, 
there is a lot of let me tell you. A lot of it. Everyone's shouting. No one's listening. And we got to listen. We got to learn to listen. I think to reach people, we got to move from let me tell you to tell me more. If you're taking notes, write this down. A gentle spirit is about having a listening spirit. A gentle spirit is about having a listening spirit. It's, it's leaning in and, and saying, tell me more. This is not easy. It goes counter to everything in you, emotionally, mentally, everything. You did, and this is why you need the help of the Holy Spirit. This is, this is what this whole series is built on. Remember, Galatians 5, Galatians 5, gentleness is a fruit of the Spirit. It's a fruit of the Spirit. You, you can't produce it no matter how hard you try. You can only let God plant it. And he plants it in you, and you let him water it, and you watch it grow in your life. Laura and I have a really good friend of ours, and she's a believer, and she, uh, in the place where she works, she works with a, a lot of young people, high school and um, college age. And many of them are struggling with their sexual identity. Uh, many are transitioning or um, or they are, have same-sex attraction or both-set attraction. They're struggling with their personal pronouns and what am I supposed to call myself and who am I? They're struggling with um, their, even their belief in God. Many of them are, are self-proclaimed atheists and they're like, I don't even believe in God. And what's crazy is they sit down at the table with her and they talk to her about their life they know that she's a follower of Jesus. <laughs> they know, yet they sit at the table. And, it's, and I think the reason is, is because when they tell her what they're dealing with or who they believed themselves to be, she doesn't say, well, let me tell you what the Bible says. Let me tell you how you are wrong. No, she, she says... Um, Tell me more. And it disarms them. Uh, uh, well, I mean, I feel this way because da-da-da-da-da-da. And then she says, tell me more. And, and then they start talking more. And then she says, tell me more. And what they find is a safe place. And what happens is they begin to open up slowly. And they open up and they provide an avenue and in a way in which she can hear into their soul and discovers what's really happening in their life. Let me tell you closes the soul. Tell me more touches the soul. This is what we see in Jesus. Jesus is hanging on the cross between two criminals, between two thieves. And in that moment, Jesus could say to them, let me tell you something about the way you've been living your life. Y'all deserve to be on this cross. I don't. And y'all gonna, but he doesn't. 
In fact, actually, when you read the story, it's very interesting. One of, the, one of the criminals hanging on the cross says, oh, hey, hey, if you're the Messiah, why don't you just call on angels or something, or why don't you just get us off, off this cross? Come on, show everybody that you're king of kings. Bully. Narcissistic. Toxic. Jesus doesn't even talk to that guy. He turns away from that guy because that person is not going to listen. But there's this other guy who says, are you serious? Do you not know, like, what we, we deserve to be on this cross? And, and Jesus, is, it doesn't say this in the scripture, but it's very short um, dialogue, but, but Jesus was hanging there for several hours and you got to know there had to be more dialogue. There had to be more conversation that we're not privy to. And I just imagine Jesus in that moment said, tell me more. And then the thief is talking to him and Jesus is like, tell me more. And they get to the finding of the place where the, the thief says to, to Jesus, hey, so um, this kingdom that you're coming into, I don't really understand it. I've heard about it. Would you, uh, could I go there? <laughs> is, it, is there a place for people like me there? And Jesus just leans in and says, come with me. You're going to be right where I'm at. That's, that's what a gentle spirit is. A, a gentle spirit can heal a broken spirit. Look at verse 41. Go back to verse 41. Jesus says this, I am willing. Come on, turn to somebody and tell them, I am willing. I am willing. We have to be willing. Are you, are you willing? He said, I am willing. Be healed. And instantly the leprosy disappeared and the man was healed. But can we look beyond the leprosy? Not only was leprosy uh, uh, instantly healed, but so was rejection. So was loneliness. So was hopelessness. So was despair. Instantly healed in his life. That's the power of a gentle spirit that instantly hopelessness goes away. Instantly despair goes away. Instantly he or she is healed. Healing is possible. And Jesus, it all started because Jesus said, I am willing. That's the question. Am I, am I willing Am I, am I willing to cross unspoken boundaries? Am I willing to take a risk? Am I, am I willing to be misunderstood? Have, have you ever been misunderstood? This, this is frustrating to be misunderstood. A couple months ago, Laura got real sick and, and she, uh, the doctor prescribed some medication. She couldn't get to the pharmacist. So I said, I'll go, I'll pick it up for you. I went to the pharmacy, stand in line, come up front. This really uh, cute young girl standing there, real sweet. And she had on just these killer glasses. They just looked so great on her. And so I said, hey, those, those glasses, they, they look really good on you. And she just suddenly got this horrific look on her face like, oh, oh. she started looking for people. Help me. I'm getting hit on by an old man. Help me. Help me. And I could see it in her eyes. I'm like, oh, no, no, oh, no, no, no. This is for my wife who's sick, happily married, lots of decades. Lots. She was my high school sweetheart. I'm like, yeah. It's horrible to be misunderstood. And so, sometimes you're, when you're sharing your faith or you're, you're help, trying to help someone, you can be misunderstood. But not only misunderstood by those you're trying to help and reach, but you can also be misunderstood by people in the church. 
That's Jesus. That's his story. He was willing to be misunderstood. A couple weeks ago, we talked about he, he recruited a tax, collect, a tax collector named Matthew. Everybody's like, what? To be in his inner circle. Everybody's like, you got to be kidding me. Then he has a dinner with Matthew and all of his buddies, and, and, and he, Matthew invites all of his friends that are sinners, and everybody's looking around going, you got to be kidding me. He's inviting, and Jesus was misunderstood. Jesus was willing to cross boundaries that no one else would cross. He ends up at this well with a Samaritan woman. Jews do not cross over and associate or talk with Samaritans. And Samaritans don't do that with Jewish people. There is an obvious line that you do not cross. Jesus was willing to cross it. He's talking with this woman at this well. His disciples show up and they're talking under their breath. What is he doing? What is he not supposed to be doing that? And Jesus was willing to take risks. Can you imagine in that moment when he reaches out to touch the leper, what the crowd, not just what the leper was thinking, but what the crowd around him was thinking, what is he doing? Are you willing to be misunderstood? Are you willing to cross boundaries? So this uh, kaleidoscope, I loved it as a kid. But the one thing that always irritated me when I was a kid, if you have a brother or sister, or maybe you'd be playing with some cousins that would come to grandma's house and they would have the kaleidoscope and you didn't. But you remember those days? And they'd be like, oh, wow, look at this. This is amazing. You're like, it's my turn, it's my turn. Let me see, I wanna see, I wanna see. And they would, they would not share. You know what I'm talking about? They're like, nope, nope, mine, mine, oh. Oh, it's amazing. Oh, wow. And the whole time you're just getting frustrated. Like I know some of you are right now. Come on, right now you're like, I want to look. You know you do. Okay, I brought some. I brought some. Here, here, I just need some help here. Come on, Derek, come on. Uh, need, come on, Amy, come here. You can help as well. Help hand these out. Just get them out to the crowd. Just get them out there somewhere. Come on, come on, jump up. Yeah, I need everybody. I need three guys. Jump up. Like, jump up. Help, help, help hand those out. I got a lot of them. I got several of them. Let's get them out in the crowd. Come on. Everybody. Yeah, okay. So it's, it's, now look at it. Take it. No, take, take, take it. Take it. Now look. Now look. Hey, behind you. Behind you, Derek. You got somebody chasing you down. Behind you. There you go, sweetheart. Okay, now hold it up. Huh? I'm not lying, am I? That's pretty amazing. Okay. Okay, here's the thing. There's people around you right now that are going, let me see. Come on, don't hog it. Hand it down the row. Hand it down the row. Some of you are like, this is what some of you are doing. I'm a grown adult. I can't do this. That's this, it's a child's toy. I can't be seen doing this. Come on, you know, every one of us right now want to go, oh, wow. That is amazing. We have this. We have this unique opportunity to help broken people see themselves in the light of Christ. Because right now, all they see is darkness, and in the darkness, they can't see any possibility for their brokenness to be beautiful. All they see is despair and loneliness and hopelessness. But when you show up, Jesus said this in, in Matthew 5, 14, you you, come on, turn to somebody and say, he's talking about you. You, you are the light of the world. And when Christ's light shines through you, people can suddenly see the potential for the brokenness to be made beautiful. 
That's what a gentle spirit is all about. A gentle spirit can heal a broken spirit. We hope the message you heard both encourages you and inspires you. Yeah, we'd love for you all to come and see us at Core Church at 10 a.m. any Sunday. And if we can support you in any way or you'd like to get connected with us, there are links in the description below. Thanks again for joining us online.